The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are on the road today. Roadshow Friday at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese North 84th. We're here till 6. Blackshirt Husker NFLer, host of More To It, his podcast, and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Moore is here. And Jay Bird, you got your burnt ends on the table. I do. I wish I was a lot, was more hungry. I had a couple nibbles. I had a late lunch. Went to lunch with Mav and, and and Mom, and then I end up eating everyone's leftovers because I'm a large human you and are. I can't help myself. You're you're, a, you're an NFL dude. That uh, are you going to eat that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a he hardly ate, he, he ate all his French fries, but he had the whole kids burger. I'm like, we can't let that go to waste. No, so it's, it's out of my pocket. Do, right. So, but uh, we are here uh, with the great folks at Certified Piedmontese. I can't uh, rave enough about the setup here on North 84th, and I know it's looking like uh, 1996 Nebraska versus Colorado outside, but it is—it's not slick. No, it's not. It's not slick. You can navigate your way here. We've got a T-shirt, a koozie, a football, and they have bone-in meat. Okay, and uh, it does not get any better than this. They have some of the to-go packaging right by the register here at the Mercado. Uh, north 84th, just north of Havelock uh, Avenue on, on 84th, uh, kind of catty corner from uh, the, the event center. And their uh, burnt ends, their, their brisket that Jay is eating, and he did share, is undefeated. No, you shared. Well. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I had first Jay walks refusal. in the door. <laughs> Jay walks in the door. There are burnt ends on the table. He looks down. is like, huh? I'm like, dude, uh, help yourself. Uh, it's survival. All right? Uh, and the long and short is, is you can get the to-go package for those burnt ends, and you'll throw them in the microwave, and you'll be smiling the rest of the night. If you're watching and maybe you have about, uh, I don't know, uh, a friendly wager for Nebraska to cover against Minnesota tomorrow, they will help you through four quarters tomorrow. But, no, uh, we are here at Piedmontese, uh, the Mercado, an incredible butcher shop. And we, uh, we love being out here uh, Friday nights before Nebraska home games. And, you know, the theme of 2020 uh, has been thankfulness, uh, thankful that you get to do X, Y, and Z, right? And, and this football season's been a long, strange trip to quote the Grateful Dead. But Nebraska, Jay, has really got a chance to, to finish this right. We'll take your calls today. Want to join us? Uh, do so at 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. 
5865 on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at jmore 44 Tweeted Elijah Herbal. He's back in the uh, studios. Uh, he's getting us going uh, at Herbal Essence for Elijah. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Derek Peterson to talk a little Nebraska Creighton coming up in 20 minutes. The Pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports is Bill Dolman at 5 o'clock. And then the Friday forecast, Clausburn. Uh, the, the way he worded it back is if I'm not with a client, and I, I shudder to, to, to ask what Claus is doing with, with, a, with, you know, what kind of client are we talking about? But anywho, we'll have a forecast for you. Plenty of Big Ten action uh, going on. But, Jay, uh, uh, plenty of, of meat to choose here at the Mercado with Piedmontese. Phenomenal setup. Uh, if you were to if you were to uh, associate the way Nebraska played against Purdue, what type of of steak would it be? Hmm. You know, gosh, that's a good. It, it can't be. I want to say not it's filet. No, it's not a fillet because that's not that's like perfection. And, right. So it can't be that. You know, it's kind of it's either it's either a strip or a ribeye. Okay. You know, I, I would say more ribeye because that's not the little, fa- little, little, little fat to it. Yeah, but it's not the favorite cut. It's not the, you know, but it gets the job done. It's, it, I love ribeyes, and they are extremely tasty. But there's the point is, is you're eating steak, i.e. you want it at mm-hmm. Purdue, mm-hmm. right? So it's interesting. And you look at Nebraska tomorrow, Vegas says 11, maybe minus 10 and a half. You really don't know what's coming in with Minnesota other than they are shorthanded. They are technically going to be undermanned. Uh, as many as 20 folks could be missing. I don't know if that includes uh, Captain Morgan at quarterback or Ibrahim, the beast, mm-hmm. uh, at tailback. But Nebraska right now has a chance to do a lot of things, and that stack wins. It didn't happen. Illinois week, it can happen. You beat Purdue. You get Minnesota at home. In a, in a throwback Big Ten weather game, uh, this could be a nice uh, little springboard of momentum Nebraska's not had to end a season since 2018. Where are you at? Do you think, first and foremost, Nebraska's truly learned their lesson from the Illinois weekend? I think you'll get better confirmation of that tomorrow. It's You've seen, although the way the defense came out and played a really physical and played right up there with Iowa and shut down. I mean, I think they held Iowa to, you know, less than 125 yards, but Iowa's, they run the hell out of that football. So mm-hmm. they came and brought it. So, and then they showed up again for Purdue. And I think that gives you a look into, and I, you know. They're capable. They're capable of, of doing this. And, you know, this team lacks maturity. That's, that, that's, that's been well documented. This team is still young, so you got to learn how to. Yeah, you got to learn how to win and learn how to handle wins when you do win, and you just got to learn to prepare the right way. And I think they're getting towards that. But again, I mean, this is you got to. <laughs> it's easy. We'll just see because they've the, the the two wins they've had this you year. Need, you need proof. Yeah, they got. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? You got to. We always play in in, in uh, golf when you make a you know. Uh, a birdie, and then like we play a game where you make a birdie, then you at least have to make a par to win that bet. From the you got God dang, what's the word I'm looking? I'm, Validation. Validate. You got to validate. They need to validate. So you you know you you beat Penn State, you screw up against Illinois, you beat Purdue, 
Can you not screw up against Minnesota? I mean, he was coming in shorthanded. They haven't hardly practiced. They haven't played in two weeks. They should be rusty. Their defense can't stop a nosebleed. Mm. They're, like, last in the country in allowing, what are they, like, six and a half, almost seven yards per rush? You've got a window of six and a yeah. half to seven and a half per play against yes, Minnesota. Yes, right. So you would think that that Illinois game, you would, you would learn your lesson, you would think. But, again, we're dealing with young kids mm-hmm. and in a definitely a, a, a – very strange year where you want any excuses you can probably find them in this year and use it to your i don't want to say advantage but to have an excuse to say why things aren't going your way so i i think we'll we'll definitely see can they validate and but i expect them to play well they should play well they should beat this team they should beat them i i know what these whatever it's 10 and a half 11 i think they should beat them by three scores in my so opinion you're, but you're you're thinking butt kicking tomorrow i I, I think the weather will have some play to it. I mean, it's going to be cold. I mean, this is kind of the first colder weather. At 11 o'clock, it's not going to be – I don't even think the high is supposed to be like mid-30s tomorrow. It's not going to be very warm. So I think it's paramount that you get the rushing game going. But my biggest thing is where's Minnesota's heads at in all this? Like, are, I mean, you sat out the couple of games. You're shorthanded. Are the coaches – I mean, I think a lot of these teams are just like – is it God, over? can we get this over with? Like, is, yeah, like it, uncle, this, like the this, white this flag is being, like a good idea at right, the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think you know, I think Minnesota might be one of those teams, and we'll, we'll see. I, I, you know, I hope we're, I hope we're focused, and you know, like I said, we learned a lesson from Illinois. We can validate a win after beating, you know, a decent Purdue team. They're not great, but listen, this team, Nebraska, is not a you know a, a a good football team yet you know they have they have some good aspects to it but you get good by having some maturity stacking wins showing that you can prepare the right right way overcoming adversity which they did very well against Purdue and we'll see, we'll see what happens but I, I feel very comfortable which is never great usually when I'm comfortable that means they're gonna usually I felt pretty comfortable about Illinois then obviously that was you know it is what it is but I expect them to come out and play well. I, I, I really do. I think they – I feel like they've I, – I, we've heard turn the corner before a lot. I don't want to use that phrase again, but it seems like they're kind of they're, – they're getting there a little bit. I think they're, they're just grasping it a little bit just because I think that Illinois loss was so, you know, out of the ordinary, I think, for this team this it, year. It was really jarring. And, listen, you've had moments – in your time at Nebraska that, that you can maybe kind of fall back on where you guys thought it was kind of cruise control mode and you were on some tough teams, you were on some really good teams. And you've experienced uh, what Nebraska's gone through, either being a young team that is trying to, to get mature or a mature team that put their feet up right mm-hmm. fair to say mm-hmm. you, you've you've experienced both both spectrums and i've seen progress in this team i've seen poise in this team what you haven't seen is great clean football from this team for four quarters and that's maddening for the fans and, and more maddening for the players and and add three uh three expletives to the end of it for the <laughs> coaching staff but I, I have seen this team get better, and I think you saw them get better. It, it said a lot to me, okay, the Illinois game was, I mean, you could not unsee that. And with what happened, how bad they got dominated in the trenches, Nebraska's D-lines played pretty good, and front seven, honestly, has played pretty good most of the year. They got rocked by Illinois, 
Uh, they wanted none of it from Illinois. And then I look at the response. I look at a guy like Damian Daniels, how he got turned and burned and moved around by that Illinois interior. And then the next week, he's making five tackles and penetrating against a phenomenal interior for Iowa. Yeah, the Iowa center's going to get drafted. Yes. And then I fast forward to, to last weekend where Daniels comes in and is active. And that's just one guy. And then you have Cam Taylor Britt. And then you have Stilly. And then you have Rodgers doing his thing. And, and, and of course, you've got Robinson and you, you, have, you have Rymers. And, and, of course, Honus is playing great football. So that, that front seven responded the right way the last two weeks. And I think they can make it three out of four weeks because that that's your key. What's, what's Mo Ibrahim going to get on first down? And what's second look like? What's third look like? Because Minnesota's going to hold the football. They're going to hand off. They're going to play action. Who knows if it's going to be rainy and soppy and wet or if you got a flurry or two. But for the most part, it's dry tomorrow. Minnesota's whole key is what are they doing with, with Mo on first down? And he's ran on everybody and about anybody. But they've just not had the compliments uh, at wide receiver because of guys opting out or COVID. So Minnesota's offense has done enough this year to put up 17 to to 28 points with their ground game, with their physicality. It's their defense that's been wearing blindfolds and smoking cigarettes. (laughs) That sounds like a good party. (laughs) (laughs) Typically, I was going firing squad. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But, no, I know. (laughs) It's, you know, it's, you make this team. I I wish I could have known you earlier and partied with you. (laughs) Um. You you look at you just go back to last week and you what did what did you know you, any any football it's it's not cliche it's just and it's simple and boring you make teams one dimensional so how can how can Minnesota beat it probably with Ibrahim yeah 30, 35 carries two hundred and ten yards yeah. a page out of the Ricky Williams book sure and so stop the run and that's what they did against. Uh, against uh, Purdue last week. Now, Purdue, not a very good rushing football team. But yeah, do you have encouragement because of what they did against Iowa? Uh, what Purdue did? What, what Nebraska did stopping the run. Yes. Oh, yeah, for, without a doubt. I mean, Iowa's really good at running it, and whether it was Goodson or whoever they have back there. But that Iowa's O-line is always one of the best coach. I mean, Kirk mm-hmm. Ferenz is one of the best O-line coaches, not only in college football, but you put him right up there in NFL. Like, in any O-line coaches in in. United States, he's up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you hold them less. You, I think 122 yards total rushing in that thing, and you made stops. You got turnovers. Yeah, I, I, and I don't think I don't know who's on Minnesota's. You know, I don't have their draft grades, but I don't think they probably have two or three guys going to get drafted. Probably like Iowa's line has every year. And again, we just don't know. I just that's just the biggest thing. You just don't know how you Minnesota's going to come off of this. I think we played Illinois after they came after a win. They beat Rutgers. And we, even though we had the, we should have, you know, confidence and and feeling good about ourselves, and you know, got our first win against Penn State, we laid an egg, and it's just gonna be interesting to see how Minnesota just comes out of this thing and, and just not practicing and not doing anything for 10, 12 days almost. It's just I couldn't imagine. All of a sudden, you're throwing back in here new faces, new guys. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough, it's gonna be an interesting test for them. I, I think Nebraska was too full of themselves three weeks ago. They've been humbled. They're hungry, and uh, they have a very winnable game against an undermanned opponent. And I think the give a damn level is is mm-hmm. starting to it, it, it's it's high 
for Nebraska because they, they see all this work paying off finally and wins. You saw the joy post-game with players and coaches, and they want more of it, right? That taste of victory you have talked about before. Meanwhile, there's Minnesota. It's like, uh, it's like getting up and going to a job you hate. I mean, I think that's kind of where this Minnesota squad is at with some of the younger guys. Um, they, they're excited probably for the opportunity, but it's, it's a far cry from, from ideal, especially coming off of a, an 11 and two last year to have the disappointment, the pauses, and the issues of COVID this year. And, and some of that comes down to bad luck. Some of that comes down to choices. And, uh, you know, teams, you've seen COVID numbers rise after a loss or, okay, our season's over officially. Let's, yeah. let's quit. Screw let's it. Quit. Yeah, let's quit being uh, uh, locked in. Jay Moore's here, Chris Schmidt. It's the uh, Roadshow Friday. We're at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, North 84th, Derek Peterson's. Coming up next, a tale of our city presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. It's a Roadshow Friday. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are at the Mercado, an amazing butcher shop, Piedmontese, certified Piedmontese. Uh, come get that Christmas roast, get a steak, get some pot roast going. They have beef bacon that's incredible. They've got a, a leg of prosciutto on display that Tony Soprano himself uh, may leave the bing for to come over here. <laughs> And, uh, and purchase. Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore is here. We welcome in uh, Nebraska basketball and football insider with ALVarsity.com and magazine. Derek Peterson, the pride of Oklahoma, joins us and Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, are you uh, doing all right? What's up, man? How you been? I'm good. How are you? I, we have burnt ends in front of us right now, Derek. Uh, Dr. Peter, we have burnt ends brisket staring right at us. I'm, I'm doing all right. That's good. I have uh, preseason basketball on the docket for tonight. So it, it seems like the NBA just ended a couple weeks ago, and now here we are getting ready to start a new season. So uh, I, I know a lot of people around here are not big NBA people, but kind of excited to see what goes on. Well, I'm excited to see if Harden, you know, passes a COVID test so he can get shipped. You know, I mean, that's where, kind of where I'm at. That drama's nuts. Let's start off with uh, basketball and get your take on Nebraska. You know, what, what did you learn, if anything, in this young season with the Georgia Tech game? And what applies to make things at least competitive tonight for Nebraska against Creighton? This thing's supposed to be... Uh, off the hook it's been uh, a rough eight out of their last nine for nebraska basketball i like the athletes on this team for the mayor they just didn't um, didn't finish it the right way against georgia tech can it be better maybe not in a win but at least can you see some progress from uh, nebraska basketball tonight against the jays i'm gonna be completely honest with you schmitty because i think you got jacob on the next hour he's probably he the, is the better guy to ask men's basketball oh he's out well yes I'm going to say he's probably the better guy to ask men's basketball questions right now. If you want to talk about the women's program, I can talk about that. I've kind of been um, – men's basketball has kind of been third on my list of priorities so far. With, just with the way that we've started out the season, I haven't done much with them. 
Um, I'm trying to, to focus on finishing out this football year and, and women's basketball got started up. We, we can talk about them if you want to, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to offer much of value on the, the men's basketball front. No worries. A, a uh, quick look at basketball. I'm going to get your take on the hoops game anyway since I got you on. But some impressions, okay. though. I mean, Nebraska's got some bodies. They've got some dudes. Creighton's got a bunch of shooters, man. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at Nebraska's roster, I mean, I haven't watched them, like, with a fine-tooth comb this season, but the the, the versatility that they have, Delano Bannon, 6'9 point guard, um, is huge. Trey, I was watching Trey McGowan's up a little bit against Georgia Tech, and, and you know, the joke was there that, that he comes from the, uh, the school of Chris Paul. He went to a couple of Chris Paul camps when he was a kid, probably. Um, but I think the... You know, I think the thing with them is it seems like they have a lot of just really, really smart basketball players. Um, and they've got a lot of guys that just feel the game at a higher level. Um, and so, you know, you, you try to kind of put guys into buckets and say, well, Delano Banton's a six foot nine point guard. Who's playing center for them? Who's playing, you know, positions X, Y, and Z for them? I don't know if it's necessarily that or if it's more um, this is as positionless a basketball team as I think you're going to find. Um and, you know, that really, you know, that lets Fred be creative. Um, that lets Fred do some of the, the innovative stuff that he's known for, that he's made a career out of. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know, but I think that they've played some fun basketball so far. Um, so, I mean, if you, just look at, if you just look at the construction, look at the way that they're built, um, it, it seems like it can be – as modern a, a program is, or as modern a, a style as you'll you'll find in the Big Ten, and that that could be an advantage for Nebraska. The downside of it is, are they going to get rocked from a physicality standpoint in the Big Ten? You can go positionless on offense, but what what do you got when it comes to to your defense and rebounding? Now they did a great job rebounding against Georgia Tech. They just kind of lost some focus down the stretch on Alvarado, who who took over. But uh, we'll see where things go tonight against Creighton. And Creighton had a heartbreaker cool. where they had a chance, Derek, with free throws to, to at least send it to overtime cool. at, uh, down at the fog. Uh, didn't go Creighton's way. But it's going to be a weird atmosphere, man. You've covered a lot of games where there's been nobody – in the stands and that, that just feels yeah. wrong jay and derek tonight you're at chi for nebraska creighton and it's just a few fan, friends and family tonight that's hard for these guys i would think yeah it's, it's certainly weird um you know like i was at the uh the women's basketball opener the big 10 opener um last night and you know you could really tell that illinois um, coaching staff, the bench, all the, the support people, the trainers over there, they, they were really making a concerted effort to be loud, um, bring some energy so that their players on the court could feel it. Um, and, you know, it's just going to, it's kind of interesting to see the, the various ways that teams are going about trying to, uh, trying to bring some juice when there's, you know, there's not the typical um, fan environment. And I know, I know you wanted to ask about, you know, game specific stuff, but if I could offer just one more kind of big picture thing on on Fred's program you talked about you know the disadvantage being size with the way that they play one of the I think the big long-term advantages of of 
you know, playing like this and maybe excelling like this is this is really marketable to kids. Um, and it's really marketable to guys that, that want to go play in the NBA because a lot of the stuff that Fred does, I mean, he was in the NBA. He played in it. He coached in it. He was a front office guy in it. Um, a lot of the stuff that he does, you find it in the NBA. And, and you know, I think, you know, he, he doesn't have to play like a traditional um, you know, well, I should say he doesn't have to you know, play this this amoeba like one through five lineup um, every single season. But but to show the ability that he can do it, to show the ability that um, he can do some of that modern stuff and he can have success with these guys and make these guys look appealing to the NBA, it's going to be really marketable to kids. Um, and, and you know, you you see it with Bryce McGowan's a five star commit um, added headed toward the program and, and like he has brothers here but at the same time like Fred's marketability is a big piece of that Derek Peterson's with us HailVarsity.com and Magazine Derek let's switch gears to football and uh, your thoughts on you talk about bringing juice uh, how, what's, what's, the, what's the gas tank level look like for Minnesota they are depleted they, they have some really talented players we just don't know who's going to be tackling or carrying the football tomorrow you know what's your view on on saturday here for nebraska minnesota here some concerns and some confidences uh for and against for nebraska tomorrow yeah i mean i think you know i think just looking at the minnesota side of things like they're not going to roll over i don't think um i I think the guys that that are out there are going to be somewhat motivated um they haven't been on the field since november 20th um, this hasn't been the season that, that any of those guys wanted to have, thought they were going to have. I, I would expect them to be a motivated team. P.J. Fleck brings the energy. Um, you know, I know there's not a ton of people that are big fans of P.J. Fleck around these parts, but um, I think he's a guy that can motivate his team. I think they'll be hungry to play. Um, and so, you know, from Nebraska's perspective, um, they've got to they've got to match the energy. I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, I, I think Nebraska will be motivated because, you, you, you know, you start to think about – where we're at with this team, um, you know, it, there's a, there's a not so unrealistic chance that these guys can can have a winning season when it's all said and done, right? You start with, and that's and that's a remarkable thing to say considering where we were, um, you know, three weeks ago coming out of that Illinois game or two weeks ago or whenever it was. Like, you get you get one against Minnesota. You come out and and you keep the the good vibes rolling. Um, it seems like Nebraska's offense is trending in the right direction. The defense has been good for most of the season. If you keep things rolling, you know, you get to three and four. Then you got the plus one game. Nebraska would be motivated for that. Would the other team be motivated for that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, but I think Nebraska would be because because that plus one game gives up an opportunity at 500 on the season, which they would really want, I would imagine. And then, you know, you get that and you're talking about a bowl game with a chance to get to a, to, to a winning record. Um, so I think, you know, you look at you look at the way that this, this kind of lays out for them and then you just listen to some of the things that, that were said this week by players. Um, I think one of the more remarkable things is that these guys, you know, all throughout this process, this team loves their coach. This team loves, you know, the guys that are in that locker room. Um, and I think there's something to be said for just how they've been able to kind of endure adversity and so much of it, if you're talking about the senior class, um, you know, I think, I, I think things maybe are, are trending in the right direction right now. Now, like we've seen over the last couple of years, like 
how fickle that can be with Nebraska and how quickly it can it can turn and it can look like well they took a step forward but now here they're taking two steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, but this you know that that Purdue game and just the reaction to it from them it, it kind of felt like you know one of those turning points. Um, and so you know I think you get into Minnesota they're going to be depleted they're going to be shorthanded um, but but they're still going to bring the energy and I think Nebraska too will will you know come out raring to go. I am really curious if if you know, presented with the opportunity if Frost sticks with his kind of patented, I want the ball first, I'm going to go score. Or if the the trend of the last two weeks where they get it to start the second half continues. Because, you know, the last two games, you know, obviously they lost to Iowa, but the last two games they scored on that first possession of the second half, and they doubled up against Iowa. Um, and that, that Purdue drive uh, to open the third quarter was, was really impressive. It was much needed, and uh, you've seen the defense kind of set the tone, be the spark, get the stops, and then the offense is finally starting to complement. And uh, you look at Minnesota's defense, and uh, you look at what Nebraska did against a similar defense that wasn't locked down in Purdue, you'd think it'd be, it could be a good day for the Nebraska offense, and defense will have to bring their hard hat again. Derek Peterson with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Derek, we'll see you at the stadium tomorrow, but thanks for jumping on with us today. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Dr. Petey with us, Derek Peterson. Good stuff, and uh, appreciate his uh, take on some Husker hoops as well. Jay Moore is here, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, co-host uh, Big Red Wrap-Up, his podcast, More To It. We're at the Mercado, an amazing butcher shop, North 84th here, just north of Havelock Avenue. And uh, the certified Piedmontese folks, uh, beef, the official beef of Nebraska, it's incredible. Uh, We'll talk a little revenge factor as uh, Minnesota-Nebraska looms tomorrow at Tail Varsity Roadshow Friday on ESPN. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. We're at the Mercado here, North 84th, certified Piedmontese. Tell you what, you want uh, a great cut of meat for the grill. I know it's a little uh, damp in uh, 1996 Nebraska, Colorado-esque outside. But I tell you what, uh, they have to-go burn ends that are phenomenal. Jay, we've sampled those. And they are extremely tasty. They've got some some pot roast for you. They have, uh, of course, uh, kielbasa. They have chorizo. They have burgers. They have fish. They have. If you're a salmon fan or you have someone in that family that's a salmon fan, they have salmon. So uh, we invite you out here. We're here till 6, and they are open uh, Monday through Sunday from 10 to 7 here at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, the official uh, beef for Nebraska. Coming up, uh, we'll check in with the pride of Fairbury, uh, Bill Dolman with us of NBC Sports. Claus burning the forecast in one hour. Blackshirt Jay Moore is here. Chris Schmidt, thanks for spending time. Elijah Herbel back at our ESPN studios. So, Jay, we have talked about where Nebraska uh, has the advantage. They'll, they'll, they'll be in a good headspace. There's some momentum. They've been playing good defense. The offense looks to be clicking with the opportunity to have some big plays against a dare I say, boat that is leaky uh, defensively with Minnesota. But let's just get into the dish that is best served cold. That is revenge. Uh-huh. 
how much did revenge or a previous season's butt kicking play into teeing off against a team a year later? Is that a real thing as a college football player? If you're a Nebraska football player, you got curb stomped like you're cool. They got put out on Eddie Murphy's floor. All right. American History X style. <laughs> well, I was thinking more of uh, trading places, sure. the holiday classic where yeah, they're putting cools out on Eddie's Eddie's floor. <laughs> uh, you know, Lewis. <laughs> okay. And, and that's what that's what Minnesota did to Nebraska, running the football. Uh, Mo, Mo Washington wanted no part of running between the tackles uh-huh. with the offensive line trying to open the, the holes, which they did. They just... Running back didn't do his job. He was a mess last year in Minneapolis. We were up there doing uh, pre- and post-games just across from the stadium. And, man, Minnesota was ready. That that really— Minnesota was good last year. They they were good, but that win felt different for them because they got destroyed the year before. Mm -hmm. That was Frost's first Big Ten win where you put up 56 on Fleck and company. In 18, mm-hmm. uh, they rock you 34-7 to seven. Yes. last year. And, and now kind of everyone's – Nebraska's not limping. Minnesota seems to be crawling to the finish line. Yeah, I think revenge – I think revenge comes into play Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, when you have to get your work in. You have to, because it does get monotonous, and this time of the season it's a grind. Now this is only you know going to be their seventh game. It's not like it's you know potentially your 11th or 12th game like it would have been if we had a normal season. This would have been the last game, the 12th game of the season. So it is a grind, but you if you want, you need some extra motivation. You just put that final score up on a scoreboard and inside the stadium 34-7. Like you guys were terrible last year, and you guys got manhandled. You were out physical. You were you were beat up up front, and you know this cannot happen again. You, you, none of this can happen again. So that that would serve good motivation for revenge in during you know the week just to get you through that grind. But I think once you get into the game, you know you have to kind of get in your you gotta go play. You got to go play in your mode. You, you always hear like boxers and MMA fighters talk like I can't think about killing him i can't just go after him i have to play within myself i can't give myself up i can't you know i have to stay cool and calm and understand that there's gonna be some ups and downs you know i have to stay you have to you have to stay within yourself you just can't go out there and say i'm gonna you know you do you have to you go a thousand miles a thousand miles an hour but it's a it's it's like a reserved it's like a cruise control type deal you know it's just not floor the floor and you're just keeping that thing there for you know 60 minutes it's okay I put my work in to help me. The revenge factor helped me during the week. But once we get into once that football's kicked and we're playing against Minnesota, I gotta you know I gotta keep my head. I gotta keep control. I got to I gotta know what I'm doing. I have to execute my responsibilities. I gotta execute the calls. I have to pay attention to checks and motions and in splits and stances and so all this kind of stuff. So you have to be on top of this and, and be on point. And if you sometimes get uh, a little ahead of yourself and you think about revenge, you can kind of just get too far over your skis. And next thing you know, you're kind of tumbling down the mountain instead of cruising at, at a good speed and, and, you know, doing your thing. It's useful. It, it helps motivate. It helps lock in. It can, it can punch that emotional button, but you, you can't be – you need to play with emotion, but you can't be emotional. Correct. Fair? Yes. And and I think Nebraska has that elephant memory 
a lot of the guys, I mean, if you're stilly and they ran it for ran it on you like they did. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's been an interesting series against the Gophers, quite honestly, because you go back before this staff even where you've had some out-of-the-blue games where in 17 they ran for 450 against you with a quarterback draw. Mm-hmm. In 16, you go up there, first play of the game, newbie sprints to the end zone. Yep. Uh, 15 is uh, a tight ball game. 14, I mean, you're up double digits, and poor DPE gets rocked on the goal line, and there's a fumble, and it's a 28-24. You know, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Jerry Kill had a great thing rolling, and then Dilly Bar was was a nice <laughs> nine and four, except that the you know they they didn't retain him, and then they go get Fleck, who's listen. PJ Flex a lot of things. I think he's a good developer. He's a good motivator, and I think he, he is a, a good coach. But the personality is, is a whole different thing. And if you take an unofficial anonymous poll of people around football, people around old school coaches and, and new school coaches, he is, 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 his persona is tough to take because they think he's super fake. Oh, yeah. I think he's ruffled a few feathers with that. I think you can see through it, you know, with his – kind of good boy mantra mantra I, got, I wear a tie you know and i sprint i beat my team down and see and, and, and that's that's, that's, and that's okay because you have to bring the juice you have to have the energy in in college kids need that you keep know, do that in the nfl then these guys are gonna look like look at you like you're an idiot but you need you to have that in, in college football you have to bring the juice i mean how about all the goofball strength coaches that northwestern has doing all the crazy stuff you may, know, they, may, may one of them rest in peace right so just you do you find this we- weird ways to get to your team, and that's just one of his ways. But yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree that he has ruffled some feathers because I, you know, we've heard you know rumors or stories behind the scenes of what it's you know what he's done and what he's been like, and I don't think we need to get into it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed him sitting down at uh, at Media Days mm-hmm. two summers ago. He's got his plaid sport coat on. Uh, which is great, but the best part of that was his his, his new wife sitting near him. Yeah, you went. Next you mentioned me. Bada Bing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he met, with Tony Soprano. So just connect the dots there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're a fan of prosciutto, if you're a fan of uh, incredible steaks, uh, of course, ribeyes here at the Mercado, uh, the certified Piedmontese, the official uh, beef of Nebraska. The, uh, the Huskers love it. We are up here on North 84th, just north of Havelock Avenue, here till 6, Roadshow Friday. Uh, the weather's not that awful for an incredible uh, steak or, or roast, and the burnt ends are to die for. And uh, Jay Moore can attest to that. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman's coming up, the Pride of Fairbury. We're at the Mercado Roadshow Friday, uh, certified Piedmontese, North 84th. Are you going to do a Christmas roast? Are you thinking some prime rib? Are you thinking uh, some short ribs? How about uh, a strip steak or a T-bone or a ribeye? They've got it for you here at the Mercado. They've got a leg of prosciutto staring at me. Uh, Tony Soprano would be smiling right now. A reminder about 2020 and into 2021. Maybe you're moving and you're looking for that home uh, around Lincoln or a residential situation. Uh, West Blue Realty, they do an amazing job. 
And the names you need to know with West Blue Realty, Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider, they are fantastic. When you mention Hale Varsity, West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a phone call at 402 540 3768 or Kelly Hofschneider 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Get an appointment today with uh, Tom Luby or Kelly Hofschneider, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Jay Moore is here. Uh, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Friday forecast is on the way. We will make our picks. Elijah, are you uh, looking at something for a stake and a beer bet later on? Uh, I'm still in the process of evaluating. I don't want to go Broncos two ah. weeks in a row. Just be, I mean, there, it, there's a lot of pressure on this one. I can still get back to even over the next three weeks. So, yeah, You can pray for that, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know that I will let you uh, get back to even. I had a great 6-0 run, and then it is what it is. So Friday forecast is coming up. Uh, Blackshirt Jay is here. Bird, what, what is um, – we got a minute or two here before we step away. What's the the video play you broke down and focused on for Big Red Rapid this week? What 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 kind of caught your eye from a chalk talk standpoint of uh, defense or offense for Nebraska? Yeah, the one defensively I did. I mean, Nebraska has been really good and in, in secondary as well. But I broke down how oh, the number twenty two Purdue's running back. I can't think of his name, but he caught that one out of the backfield. He looks like a a, a Bond villain. Villain, <laughs> but uh, he caught it. You know, and they're in the red zone, and I just. I, I used, you know, sometimes you just got to know where your help is. And I think the defense on that situation did not Was do that it. the seam route where they looked off and sent, sent Rondale in yeah, motion? Yeah, motion. They went motion towards yeah. Nebraska sideline, and then Honus came down really quickly. And he could have got a jam onto the running back coming out of the backfield, but he didn't. He was so quick to go to the flat, which he didn't need to be because he had JoJo Doman right there with him in the flat. So got to understand where help is don't be in such a rush i i use a term a uh, john wooden phrase be quick but not in a hurry right sure so and then you had on the back end you had deontay williams because they did run a tight end up the seam and you had luke reimers was there then you had cam taylor Britt was sitting back there too and then deontay comes over they really had double coverage already on this this tight end and deontay williams comes over as well it's like again know where your help is kind of know mm-hmm. where you're, so then he could have came back and maybe, you know, the part made a play, made the a play or, or, or a tackled him at the five. You know, it's just mm-hmm. simple things like that, understanding where your help is. And they've done a really good job all year long. But that was just one instance where I just thought they just got too quick. And I said, you know, they did a good job with Rondell Moore and David Bell. They guys around him yeah. every time. But, you know, just one instance like, ooh, there's, there's Rondell Moore. We've got to be quick to him. It's like, well, not necessarily. You, you let him catch it there on the on the flat and you, you rally and make the play. So that's just, that just one instance where I thought they were a little too aggressive and just got, you know, a little too over their skis. That's Jay Moore. Chris Schmidt, we're here at the Mercado. North 84th uh, certified Piedmontese. And uh, we are coming back. Hour two is on the way. It's uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman, shortly. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2 at Tailvar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery here at the Mercado. North 84th Certified Piedmontese, the official beef for Nebraska football. Jay Moore is here, Chris Schmidt. And uh, we had a bunch of dudes just roll out here with, uh, with a, lot of, a lot of butcher paper filled with incredible selection. Uh, Randy is here, and he's loading up on some beef jerky and... I think he got a couple of ribeyes. Uh, they've got a prosciutto leg on display, and prosciutto's in- incredible. I mean, Tony Soprano used to inhale it on the Sopranos. And I know as long as there's one for me up there by the register, I'm going to buy and take with me tonight the uh, the brisket burnt ends. We had a chance to sample Jay Moore. Uh, they are incredible, especially when you get the the – the, the one piece of, of burnt end that's like all crusted, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's so good. It's so, so good. Uh, we bring in our, our favorite uh, member from the Fairbury community. He is the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. It is Bill Dolman time. Billy D, happy Friday. How are you? Well, I'm like everybody else excited for the afternoon because uh – it's biathlon time on the networks of NBC Sports, NBCSN. In fact, I think I'm on right now, so I'm not going to encourage everybody to turn off their uh, turn off your show. But perhaps so you can, you know, after I'm done, just turn it back on. Well, that's that's very key. They can listen to to us and watch with a. Li- they can they can mess with the volumes is what I'm saying. <laughs> right? So everybody's happy. <laughs> Keep digging. That's right. That's right. Bill, a a busy Friday. It's Nebraska Creighton tonight. And uh, you have uh, Nebraska, Minnesota tomorrow. Let's start with hoops. And I know you've been busy with with NBC work, but I'm sure you kind of peaked at Nebraska, Georgia Tech. You know all about Nebraska Creighton. You've called a lot of those games in your career. You know, what's your what's your read and vibe on? Uh, Hoiberg's squad. Uh, I think they're they're better than last year. Clearly, with some some dudes, but they had a tough finish to Georgia Tech. What's your feel for tonight against Creighton? And Creighton's loaded. They're really good. They could be a Final Four squad. You know, how are you uh, looking at things tonight? Well, Tom Atkey's got to go on on to Creighton. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I, I still just don't get that rivalry or whatever it is. I don't understand Creighton's. You know, uh, I don't want to say dominance, but I, I don't understand how Nebraska has not been able to have more success against Creighton over the last 10 or 15 years. It just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but it is what it is, which is one of my least favorite statements uh, of all time. Look, I, I think Nebraska, yeah, looks better. But as I watched the Georgia Tech game the other day, I'm thinking this is like every Nebraska team uh, the, you know that I've watched minus I think the talent level. I mean, this is this is a really good looking basketball team, but they do things that you know that you've seen over the years, and you know just jacking up threes and shooting for shooting sake, and not necessarily sh- you know sometimes it looks like not shooting to make. It's just like well our idea is to go down and jack up forty one threes. If we make nine, well we did. That's you, what, you know as I was watching that game the other night. It reminded me of the of the old Houston Cougars football team of the run and shoot days when John Jenkins was the coach and my friend David Klingler was the quarterback and then Andre Ware 
and don't forget, don't it, forget Hazard. Yeah, you know, uh, but I, I remember I remember back in the day where it was, you know, in fact, I had this conversation once with Andre Ware, which you'll never remember, but this was like 20 years ago, and, you know, there was flirtations with Coach Osborne to come down and, and, you know, go to, you know, return to coaching at the University of Houston, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and Andre's going, why do we want him, man? He, he runs the option. We don't want to run no option here. And I'm like, we beat teams 56 to 7. You lost to teams 56-52. You know, and, and, and it was just like, we are so sexy with what we do, but it doesn't really matter if we win or lose. Look at the numbers we put up. And it's kind of like, and I'm, I'm watching the Nebraska basketball team thing. It's the same thing. It, it's, it's, you know, style over substance, you know, the other night. Um, and, that, and it was just really frustrating. It's like, what's the stat sheet look like? Oh, it's okay. We shot 41 threes. That's part of our offense. Okay, whatever. You know, I know it wasn't 41. That was the other day. But it, it, it sometimes it just seems, look how sexy we are. And then you look at the, the final score, and it's like, well, you lost. And, it, and that's what you know, my conversation with Andre was, was, you may not like running the option, but we sure as hell like winning 60 times in five years and three national championships and 250 times over 25 years. And, and you know, that's, it just, that's kind of what it reminds me of sometimes. It's just a stylish thing. And maybe that's why, you know, Creighton plays a little more and has over 15 years more disciplined than brand of basketball. But I sure, would, sure as hell would like to see Nebraska, you know, jack up 41 threes and make 20 of them and win tonight. I'd be okay with that. I think that'd be good. I just, man, you had uh, a guy that's, on paper, and when it comes to shoot-around, is, is crushing a high level of threes that only took five shots. And granted, Latman uh, had foul trouble, but two for five from the floor, that's it. And he's got a great three-point stroke. You had Teddy uh, Buckets get into some, some foul trouble earlier in the season, but he had a rough night, 4-16 uh, against that 1-3-1. And then Nebraska just... They were not locked in the final seven or eight minutes on, on Alvarado, who took over, and he'd watched most of the game. I mean, he played 27 minutes, okay? He sat out because he had four fouls. So we'll see if Nebraska's uh, better disciplined with some of their shot selection. Uh, I mean, the pace and space thing, I think, can work. But, man, it looks like a familiar movie with Nebraska. And this isn't a shot at Fred. I like Fred and... I like the talent he's got, but just you've seen Nebraska teams over the years launch threes, and it's and even if they're not going in, and, and you just look, can't I, live or I, die I, that I, way, Bill. And I'm a disciplinarian kind of guy. Uh, I certainly don't want to go back to Moiba ball, all right? <laughs> but I, I just think a little more discipline in making shots as opposed to just taking shots. Uh, within the context of the offense, you know, it just seems to me like I've, like you said, I've seen that movie before, and you know, it's and it's been for several years. I know it's kind of sexy and it it attracts recruits and great, you know, big talent and all that. Like, look at the style of play, and wouldn't that be fun? You know, if there were fifteen thousand people packed in, but it's like uh, I, I I'd rather you, you, you shoot eleven threes, make mm-hmm. seven of them, and win a game. You know, as opposed to 
nine for 41. And again, I know that's not what it was against Georgia Tech, but it sure did seem like it. And, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the game with, uh, you know, uh, I think the analyst was John Crispin, and he's doing yep. the game from his living room, and the play-by-play guy's doing the game from his living room. And, and I thought I think that, that guy's a pretty good analyst, but I heard him say, like, that's okay. If they're taking these shots, that's okay. That's what they want to do. Like, they want to make them, or they should want to make them, not just, you know, launch them. Um, so, anyway, that's that's my two cents on it. I, I would rather see the option be successful than the run and shoot. You know, the option be successful and, and go 11-1 and one as opposed to, you know, 7-4. and four. Bill Dolman's with us. Pride of Fairbury, Hale Varsity Radio, Roadshow Friday. Chris Schmidt and Jay Moore and Elijah Herbal were here at the Mercado. Uh, just a phenomenal butcher shop. Get that Christmas roast or prime rib uh, north 84th north of havelock avenue uh come see us we're here till six they are open 10 to 7 monday through sunday uh every day for you uh just a phenomenal spot we had such a great thanksgiving uh short rib and prime rib uh it, it was tremendous uh certified piedmontese the official uh uh, beef of Nebraska. Billy D, let's uh, talk beef. Line of scrimmage. Nebraska better against Purdue. And uh, the defense showed up, uh, did well. They really rallied uh, to the football and didn't really have many missed tackles. Offensively, the run game was better with Mills in. Adrian looked much more Adrian-like. And you got a 10-point win on the road. What's your gauge tomorrow is Fleck has a hole in one part of the boat and he's missing an oar. Look, this is Nebraska against Illinois, all right? All right. They had a nice game against Penn State. They get the win, and they come back, and they play Illinois and play. And I'm going back to my mental Rolodex here, and arguably one of the worst Nebraska football games I have probably ever seen in terms of effort. So you come off the Purdue game, play pretty well on the road, Nothing real spectacular. Let him back in when you shouldn't have. But nevertheless, I thought the defense played well. I thought the, I thought they got the sense as the game went on that Purdue's really not very good, and that they you know could make you know they could rush the passer. I thought the secondary played great. Uh, Nebraska did what it should have done, but it should not have been that interesting down the stretch. Nevertheless, now you've got Nebraska after a, a positive weekend, uh, beating Purdue. You cannot have the same effort that you showed against Illinois. I don't care how wounded Minnesota might be. If, if they are that wounded, then you better go in for the kill. You know, they haven't played since, what, uh, November 3rd or November 30th or March? I don't know when the last time Minnesota played was. And they beat Purdue as well. They're without, what, 20 players? Their best player decides, I don't want to be here anymore. So this team is limping into Lincoln, and you better go kick the sore leg and wound the good leg, because sweep the leg. You, you, can, you cannot have uh, you cannot have the same kind of performance that you did against Illinois. Let down after win and think it's going to be easy. This this needs to be arguably the most impressive performance of certainly of this season. And I think the Ohio State game was actually pretty good, you know, mm. for the effort, the execution against that team. But Nebraska needs to just pour it on Minnesota, especially after what happened last year, right? They kind of embarrassed you up there. That should have been competitive, and it wasn't. This cannot be competitive. Bill, yeah, I totally agree. You got to if they're if they're showing any blood, 
you got to you got to make the kill. You got to do it right away and get them early. And the, this team will this team I imagine would quit because there's just nothing left to play for this year. L- let me look back at the Northwestern game, and you pull Adrian Martinez to put in Luke McCaffrey. Did we overreact? Did the offense? Did the coaching staff? Did us as a general fan base overreact to Adrian Martinez and his performance against Northwestern? Because what I'm seeing the last couple games is. I mean, we, he's he's been he's been showing those signs for a couple of years now. But do we overreact to that performance and maybe give not give Northwestern enough credit as a defense that uh, that they have and maybe no, we should have I, kept him in the whole time? No, no, I, I think that was. I think Nebraska has. It, it, I don't mean this in a bad way. I think they've let Adrian, you know, do his thing and not do what he needed to do for our thing, if you will. I I, I think mm-hmm. that you know he came in as, as the guy. That's the guy Scott wanted. He was making the overnight trips to California to recruit him when he was still at Central Florida, right? So, uh, you know, I think Adrian had it all handed to him to a certain extent. Now, he's proven to be a, a good leader. He says all the right things. He seems to be a high-character guy. So all the respect in the world to him. He's a great representative for the University of Nebraska, and he said the right things after the game the other day, and I really respect him for that. But I think that Scott had to send a message at some point, and he hadn't necessarily done it. And so putting McCaffrey in there and letting Luke get some experience that he needs, right, um, and sending whatever message it was to Adrian and then starting McCaffrey against Penn State, he played reasonably well. I think that's a message that had to be sent. I think it was a message that was received. So, no, I, I don't think that, you know, I, I think maybe it went on too long. Maybe this should have been done before. But I, I think that Adrian needed to be humbled a little bit. And I think, you know, McCaffrey getting that win over Penn State probably really let the fire. If Nebraska loses to Penn State with McCaffrey at the quarterback, maybe the, maybe you get a little attitude like, see, you should have played me. But that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Martinez sees McCaffrey go in there and get a win, right? And now it's like, man, they're serious about this quarterback competition. i got to step it up. Now, has, Mar- has Martinez been perfect? And I know he's been 82% or whatever it is the last couple of games. But good Lord, we don't throw a pass over eight yards, right? There is still no deep threat with that Nebraska football team. And I think at some point that's got to develop, even though we're at the end of this year. But start, let's start to see that, that field stretch a little bit. You know, we were more of a downfield threat back in, the, back in the 90s when, you know, Brendan Holbein and Corey Dixon were our guys, right? John Federal. Good old Gerald <laughs> Armstrong. Right, you know, so I, I think we need to, you know, yes, we we had a win, but I, I think we need to see that, that field stretch just a little bit to make Adrian even more of a threat, and maybe that opens the, up, up the offense a little bit more. Uh, that's, that's the thing that's really missing right now, but I think sitting him when they did and letting McCaffrey play against Penn State and getting a win, message received. Bill Dolman with us, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill, about 30 seconds. Need your prediction for tomorrow, Nebraska, Minnesota. Well, I, I go back, you know, a couple of years with, with Nebraska football, and I can remember uh, watching Nebraska, watching television one night when the game wasn't on all that often, um, and uh, network television, I think, breaking in and saying, the, look what Nebraska did to Minnesota in 1980, what was it, 83? Uh, 84-13? Yep. Yeah. Um, I I think we see a repeat of that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Gil and Fryer and Rogier <laughs> going to be heading up to the old Metrodome. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I, I, I don't know why you laugh, but I, okay. You know, if you don't if you don't respect my pick, you know. I, so eight. Dolan says they cover the ten and a half. All right. Yeah. Billy D. Good to get caught up with you, man. Thanks for making time today. All right. Go Big Red and go by Athlon. There he is, Bill Dolman with us on Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out Friday night, Hale Varsity Road Show Friday. Chris Schmidt, Jay Moore, Elijah Herbal. We're on the road here at the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, the official beef of Nebraska. They are open 10 to 7. And uh, your chance to come in here before 6 or when it's convenient for you, get yourself a couple of ribeyes, get yourself some strips. They've got prosciutto. They have beef bacon. And they have some incredible burnt and briskets for you to take with you. A little to-go bag that's uh, incredible. Uh, We are here till 6, and we've enjoyed being out here with certified Piedmontese at the Mercado. Able to uh, get some uh, bone-in uh, prime rib for the the Schmidt family Thanksgiving, along with some short ribs. Threw them on the smoker. They are incredible. Uh, Tony and uh, Lucas, phenomenal. They picked out great cuts of meat. And uh, Uncle Mark uh, got it all slathered up with a uh, little oil and salt and pepper and <laughs> get the smoker going, poured a cocktail or eight and... Yeah. We ate uh, so uh, so heartily. Uh, you're invited out here to Piedmontese, North 84th, just north of Havelock Avenue. Uh, you have the Mercado, an incredible butcher shop. We uh, want you to check this out if you have not yet. So we will get into uh, some story time with Mike Leach shortly. As the Pirate was with us yesterday, he talked about uh, signing items. And, uh, of course, uh, more from the Pirate. Uh, he put on a little concert. You know, it's holiday season, and sometimes you go to church and you have folks with the white gloves on ringing the bells. Mm-hmm. You know, Pirate was signing some cowbells yesterday, and we <laughs> played Name That Tune. So Lincoln's mayor was responding to a, a suggestion by uh, 1011 uh, uh, meteorologist Bill Rentschler, and the suggestion was you have some new plows, right? some new plows for the capital city you got a new fleet of plows much needed much needed new plows so let's uh let's name these bad boys and there's some some twitter love going on with uh (laughs) what's your name a plow (laughs) and and i why not name the plows here's what came to my mind a the pipeline you have stye and zadiska and joel wilkes and wiegert and uh, Aaron Graham, right? What, what a what a big time offensive line unit that was. So that you could name each new snowplow after one of the the starting five for the '94 pipeline. I think you could also go throwback, and you could have a plow named Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. You could have a plow named Macavica. Uh, we can coin flip for Joel or Jeff. 
Uh, and I know uh, Joelster, next time he sees me, will punch me in the arm, you know, if there's, if there's a debate, right? <laughs> and both were, were, were fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm partial to Mark Shalene. Mm. Bill Dolman referenced 84 to 13. Yeah, we could think of a lot of, I mean, Dane Todd. Dane, Dane Todd's phenomenal. We love Dane Todd. Uh, Dane, but you, I mean, that was the fullback you played mm-hmm. with. Yeah, we came in together. Yeah, it's Dr. Dane Todd now. I, I get it. Dr. Dane Todd. And uh, Sammy Schmidt, my, my always called me Sammy. Because they, you know, they said, "Oh, you know, there's a Schmidt playing at Nebraska, and that's the only one that'll ever be playing in Nebraska." So we're gonna we're gonna take his Steve, first name. I'm t- I, can't, I was thinking of it, Steve Crewald. Yes, from Pius. No, he was from uh, he was from Paul Castle. Uh, yeah, Paul Castle from Pius. Crewald was from like God. He was from Eight Man Land. Okay, Wh- who's the fullback who got into field goal range down at Oklahoma during the Ad- Adrian Peterson era, where? Callahan called a timeout to kick. Oh, that's probably Crewald. That was okay. 04. That was a senior year. Okay. Yeah. That's probably. I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that would have been Crewald's year. Yeah. <laughs> to cover the spread. Well, yeah. To cover the only, thirty. It covered the thirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember it. Because that was the roughneck uh, throat, oh, man. Throat, throat slit game, wasn't it? Well, that was the pregame. That's where. Who was, the, who was the offensive lineman? Yeah, Darren Delone. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wild situation. That so was re- reset. Yeah, game. yeah. So, 04, we're down there. It was my first time. It was the only time I ever played Norman. And, I, God, this was about – it was state – I remember it was around state volleyball around here. So, it had been what? It was – early November-ish, mid november it, it was either late October yeah, or November. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, it got ugly. Yeah, so we're down there. And the Roughnecks, which I don't – after this situation, I don't even think they're allowed to be around us. But they were down there. You know, they got those big paddles. And the Roughnecks are the Oklahoma uh, cheer section that are in all white, and they have firearms. Yes. Yeah, they had those. So, and they have those boards, whatever, too. They had these paddles. paddles, and they're slapping these paddles against that brick wall. And then they would shoot these shotguns off. I mean, it's a... There's no, obviously, BBs in it, but it's making the exact... And it would scare the hell out of you. And they were literally... (laughs) They were literally... I can see you You know, and and we would do our O-line, D-line warm-ups down in the end zones, and they were right around us. So then we came together as an O-line, D-line, and they were right there, right? They are... You know, you have the end zone, then you have the the boundaries, the white, and we were just running our normal, you you know, working on our reach blocks or base blocks. Mm -hmm. Well, Darren... You know, I don't know, I can't remember who he was going against, but just kind of made sure he couldn't stop himself so quickly. So he, and, t- he intentionally ran in and smoked. Well, it was like this was a lawsuit. Like there was, there was this. I think Darren and a couple guys, like Coach Blake and Coach Wagner, and a lot of guys had to go to court over all this because really? the kid, like, hit like hit on his butt, and then his head. Hit went the brick. like when hit the brick, and I think he like he was out. So he got knocked out. He got knocked out, and there's blood. I think he like bit through his tongue or something like that. Oh my god! Like it was bad news. Like it was not in so at the time. Darren like, Delone has not traveled to the state of Oklahoma in 16. There years. was lost. There was a lawsuit over this. Yes, I remember there was some sort of thing that went down. I didn't have to go, but whoever was on that side, those there's a couple D linemen, a couple O linemen, and the coaches had to go down and like be. So had, what was because Blake knew. Oklahoma, right? Obviously, and he, he coached down there, and he went there, and then Coach Wagner, mm-hmm. who he just wrapped up his tenure in Iowa. Uh, Dennis Wagner was Dennis Wagner. Who's he? Who's he with now? Oh, uh, 
one of the smaller Iowa yeah, yeah, schools. Yeah, yeah. He's no longer coaching yeah. there. We'll just say it that way. But I loved Wagner on the offensive line, yeah. how he recruited. But so how did the coaches react? Or were they sick of the roughness? Well, we were all sick of it. They were being – they were – just being a bunch of idiots down there mm-hmm. and it's just but wait they did not, yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of other words and they deserved it they 100 percent deserved it and that's why they're not down there anymore i mean they were right they did not give us our space they were yelling you know all sorts of expletives and stuff and then shooting those guns off and saying all these things they 1000 percent deserved it they all each and every one of them deserved to get thrown against a brick wall dan uh, tweets in they were shooting guns and throwing fruit at my players. That was Bill, Bill Callahan, Billy C's tweet. And he went, he went with the redneck take, too, yeah. didn't he, on no, the sideline? No, well, that, no, he said, I think he said effing hillbillies. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if we watch uh, Ozark, there's a difference between redneck and hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> one, yeah. that'll, one that'll cost you something. Mm-hmm. So, difference, roughnecks, are they worse than the A&M uh, yell? Oh, yeah. By far, they're the, the yell squad at A&M, they're like... They're just they're, weirdos. Yeah, and they're just more respectable. Okay. Uh, they're more, I think they have... Uh, they're more military-esque to them, so they're a little more respectable, and they're not right there they're not right down on you okay. and the field's a little more spread out at A&M so they weren't they were never right there I don't remember anybody being right there we were warmed up when we were down at A&M my senior year but they were those roughnecks there from Oklahoma they were like all every one of them needed to get a thrown against chicken. yeah see when I see A&M I just think uh, that some of the dudes that are in the stands at A&M Specifically, their 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 drum corps. Mm-hmm. It's like they're ready to invade Poland. <laughs> I mean, the way they're just yeah, yeah, they're I, they're just a little different. Here's a shirt, man. Thanks for coming by. All right, so it's interesting, but I I, I never tire of hearing because Nebraska Oklahoma has always been pretty respectful. Yeah, it is. But, it, but, but anywhere you go, but, there's but it, nasty it, fans. Right. I mean, I like. So, That's one instance. So Mizzou Oklahoma. fans are terrible. Like all, all fans are away. Fans are terrible to your to players, except for maybe us here at Nebraska. I'm sure, obviously, so if we you have had, our bad eggs. But if you had to rank them, you were in Boulder when they chucked empty bottles. Okay, mm-hmm. you uh, were down at Oklahoma for the roughneck incident where yep. dude bit through his tongue after Darren Delone uh, reach blocked him. Mm-hmm. And were you down in Columbia? Yeah, yeah, where they took a. A leak on our bus. Well, hold on. I didn't know this. Yeah. What happened? So down there, my June. Well, you're probably referring to another instance. You're referring to the Kellen Houston. Yeah, was that you, 03? That was 03. I was not on that trip. But that was Kellen Houston Kellen knocking Houston. a guy out and they stormed the field. <laughs> that was another whole lawsuit, <laughs> I believe. Um, that was the game, man. Because you guys. You they were up. up. You were up. It was a Thursday points. night game. Those TBS were, Thursday night games. You, Nebraska was yeah. up. Jamal Lord yeah, throws was, the bones or yeah. whatever. And next thing you know, Missouri. Yeah. Goes off. But, no, my junior year we're down there, and we did not play very good defensively. We still had a shot, but Brad Smith. He went off. He would hate to go off. We just we did not communicate. We had some bus defensively. One of our worst games defensively I think we had my junior year. But we're on the bus, literally, waiting to go to the airport after the game, and there's like three drunk college kids, and they come up and just start pissing all over our bus. <laughs> Could you open the window? I wanted to go out there. I remember Jim Rome or Jim Rose, sorry, yeah, who yeah. was calling the games at the time, was sitting just next to me, and I'm like, I got to go out there. Like this is not right. He's like, don't 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 do it. Don't yeah. cause a scene. You don't need to be doing anything. But I want to go out there and crack some skulls. Yeah, yeah, make them bite through their tongue. You know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but thankfully I did. I didn't need to be part of another you, lawsuit. You've had, you've had quite the. 
the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, between Missouri and Boulder and yeah, Norman. Yeah, Norman, man. I don't anywhere else, you know. Nothing were you terrible. On the, were you on Iowa the, State, uh, nothing the, bad at Kansas. Were you nothing. on the seventy to ten trip? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that crazy? Uh, it wasn't. I mean, were they just flinging tortillas down at Texas Tech. <laughs> like that was such a blur, just because it seemed like we never left the field. Because as soon as we did, we threw another interception. We were right back out there, and they had the ball in the fifteen. And it was just like, did you guys go code red on the quarterback? <laughs> oh, we're just home? like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, run the goddamn ball, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Let us get out of Let's here. Let's go home. Like, we're not winning this thing. Like, keep it. Quit throwing the ball, oh, Bo Davis. Good. Like, don't quit calling him to throw the ball. You know, let's go home. Like, we're not winning this football game. You, you know? You walk up and put your arm around Callahan. It's like, hey, Bill. Hey, by the way, yeah. it's 70 to 10. <laughs> Pirate didn't get in. Didn't yeah, that's one of those where you ran off the field as quickly as possible. You got in the showers and it's like, get <laughs> us the F out of here. That was embarrassing. Run the bleeping football. <laughs> there we go. A statement from Jay Moore. I like it. We'll get to the Friday forecast. We're here at the Mercado, uh, North 84th, certified Piedmontese, the official beef of Nebraska football. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back with it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Blankshirt, Husker, NFLer. Jay Moore, run the football, Jay. <laughs> and uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Uh, we will bring Elijah Herbal in for the final ruling on the efforting on one Clausburn. He's imaginary and he wears red. Twelve years ago, Clausburn made an appearance with a naughty and nice list. Each year it's progressed to more commentary on somebody named Carl. Elijah, do we have, uh, do we have Claus? We do not. No, I got sent to voicemail twice. So, so he's with a client. Allegedly. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> or is he the client? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, we invite you out here to the uh, Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, North 84th. They're open 10 to 7 uh, every day for you. So get that Christmas roast. I am taking uh, the burn end brisket goodness home with me. There, there's prepackaged, so it's outstanding. Uh, outstanding. So let's uh, get into the forecast uh, on uh, Hale Varsity. Let's get it cranked up, Elijah. So quite a few games to pick from. And I don't know that it's a great weekend of college football. But you have college football, Chad. It's better than none. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So we will start off with Wisconsin at Iowa. The line now is minus one, Wisconsin. Uh, the Badgers, the Badgers uh, looked like garbage and lost to a really good Indiana team with a backup quarterback. Iowa's won five straight. I'm trying to make it uh, six in a row and finish six and two. I like Iowa. Me too. Uh, Wisconsin's got the better quarterback. Wisconsin also lost their starting center. I love Iowa's defensive tackles on the interior. 
give me a uh, first team to 17 type ball game. Uh, and I like the Hawkeyes, 17-14, the win. And give me the points uh, at a empty Kinnick. Jay. Yeah, I like Iowa as well. Their defensive line is is really good with Golston and, and Dixon. Those guys are mm-hmm. those are good, good ball players. Yeah, give me similar. I think I'll take Iowa twenty one, Wisconsin seventeen. Similar okay. low scoring, but maybe maybe uh, a couple extra field goals here and there. Okay, Elijah, what do you like here? Do you like Wisconsin or do you like Iowa? And I know you don't like either, but you got to pick a winner here on Saturday. Who is it? Uh, I think we got a, a classic grinded out Big Ten football game. I know Graham Mertz, uh, you said probably the better quarterback uh, for these two teams, but I still think that this is Wisconsin and Iowa, and we're going to get a game like we expect. First team to 20 points for me, I think that's Wisconsin. I think their offense is just a little bit better. Uh, give me Wisconsin at 24, Iowa 20. Okay, so a little more scoring. I, I just really think it's going to be your typical Iowa, Wisconsin. You get a special teams mistake or you get a turnover. There's your difference in the matchup between these two. Let's head down to Miami. The U, the Canes, are angling for a, a, uh, a New Year's Day six bowl under Diaz. And they kept Diaz, and there were some eyebrows raised. But I'll say this, he is recruited well, and they're playing good football. Vieira King is, is uh, no accident for them. He's fantastic, and Miami's not had a quarterback down there. Uh, for, for quite a while. Carolina and Mack had a great first half against Notre Dame, but uh, shut out in the second half. Uh, I like Carolina, but I like Miami a little bit more just because they're at home. Give me the Canes to beat the Heels. This thing should be pretty exciting. And a little more scoring. Uh, I like Miami 34-28, the win and cover for the Canes against Carolina. What do you think, Jay Moore? <laughs> you almost picked my score. Huh. I got Miami 34-27. Oh, so. <laughs> there we go. Great minds think alike. Yeah, I think Miami, they got too much firepower. They're playing yeah, good football. You and I have been sniffing glue. <laughs> well. <laughs> Both. So Jay says the Canes win and the Canes cover. Elijah Herbal, what say you? Uh, we got two high-powered offenses here in Miami and North Carolina. Uh, it's Howell from North Carolina, I think, is the quarterback there. He's been piling yep. up numbers this year. Uh, so it's going to come down to which defense shows up a little bit better. I think Miami's got more to play for there. Again, as you said, going for that New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, so I got Miami 41, North Carolina 34, uh, Miami with the winning cover. Yep, uh, I think points are the, the way to go on that one. Utah and Colorado, this got switched up a bit. You've got a winless Utah team, but the number is pretty low. Colorado is only a favorite. The Buffs minus two. We talked to Barney yesterday. In uh, Colorado's on the short end of it, and none of us weep for that. But you have USC that, because they're ranked higher, Colorado's coming in ranked 22nd at 4-0. The USC Colorado game got postponed due to COVID. It was supposed to be in LA a couple of weeks ago. Well, that game didn't get played, and you have both teams that are your uh, your clear leaders and favorites. Oregon's faded, obviously. Washington's not as good as they've been in past years. So right now, it's really SC and Colorado, but they're not going to make it up. So CU may end up in the Alamo Bowl opposed to being undefeated and having a shot at a a New Year's Day 6. I think Colorado gets by Utah by a field goal. I think this is back and forth. Uh, I think the Buffs uh, hang on in uh, a a game that will be all about taking care of the football. That's every game, but with Utah especially important for Colorado. Give me Colorado 28 uh, to 24, the winning cover over Utah. Jay. Yeah, I'll take Colorado on this one as well. Playing 
decent football. Utah has just kind of been – I mean, the, the Pac-12 has – it's been a mess as well, just like the Big Ten has been this year with getting games played, and they obviously cut off to a, even a later start than the Big Ten. Give me, give me Colorado thirty-one twenty-one in this football okay. game. Elijah, who do you like, uh, Colorado or Utah? Uh, I, I like Colorado a little bit better in this one. It's supposed to be cold weather uh, out in Boulder. Uh, snow flurries maybe for the game, similar to our game tomorrow with Minnesota. Uh, and currently Colorado's got the number two running back in the nation based on yards per game. It's Jarek Broussard. Uh, so I got to roll with that in a cold weather game. Uh, give me Colorado 28, Utah 17. Uh, Buffs okay. winning cover. Let's go to Northwestern and Illinois, the rivalry for the, uh, the battle for Illinois slash Chicago. I hate this line. I don't like Northwestern favored by 14 over anybody. I don't know if Northwestern can score 14. (laughs) They may be able to score 14 because their defense will hold an offense to 10. Northwestern will win tomorrow. I don't like the 14. Lovey's team's playing better football. They jumped out 14 rip on Iowa. Give me Northwestern in a tight 124 to 17. The win by Northwestern, but no cover. Jay. Yeah, I like, I, I totally agree. I think Northwestern wins this one by in like 10. Okay. It's more of, yeah, it's a 24 14 mm-hmm. type of ball game. So I'll take that. They'll give them the win there, but uh, not the cover. Elijah, what do you got? Yeah, Northwestern, they got the Big Ten Championship game next weekend. This game looks like one that they can overlook completely in my book. Uh, I got uh, Northwestern win, Illinois cover. Give me Northwestern uh, 17 and Illinois 10. Low scoring. Okay. Let's get to Nebraska and uh, Minnesota. I like the Huskers. I like the first team to 30 again. And I think that'll be Nebraska. I don't like the 10 and a half. Give me Nebraska uh, a win by 10, 31-21. But the hook will get you, and that's why Minnesota covers. Jay? Yeah, I think Nebraska comes out and plays well. I do. Uh, knock on wood. I predicted on Big Red Wrap-Up with our prediction, me and Michael Severe. I said 38-21. Okay. I'm sticking to it. So 17, says Jay Bird. Elijah, what's uh, your take on tomorrow? I'm with you. First one to 30. Give me Huskers 37. Uh, and give me Minnesota 28. So Huskers win by nine. No cover, but it's close. All right, we'll wind down a Friday on the road here at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, the official beef of Nebraska football. We'll say goodbye next on Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here at the Mercado for a Friday road show, North 84th, certified Piedmontese, Chris Schmidt, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, Jay Moore, Elijah Herbal. Weekend edition tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, ahead of Nebraska, Minnesota. Real Red Reaction follows immediately following Nebraska, Minnesota. On ESPN Lincoln, myself, Bill Hooks, of course, Nick Gregoth, so we'll be a three-man attack for the Real Red Reaction tomorrow after Nebraska, Minnesota. So, uh, Jay, we're all pretty confident Nebraska has learned their lesson. What's a a yardage number? And, Elijah, I want you jumping in on this, too. I think Mills needs 20 touches for 100 yards. Give me that stat line and Nebraska wins. I don't know what percentage Mills is. I just know Nebraska plays more physical with him running downhill and gives Nebraska a bit more of a bravado. At least it looked that way against Purdue last week. It helped 
things out. It took a little pressure off of Adrian. And, mm-hmm. you know, I liked the, the crossing routes, too, with Wandale. I think Nebraska can do that. They could maybe break off some big runs as well against a, a messy back seven, to be honest with you, for, for, many, for Minnesota. So, th- to me, that's, that's what needs to happen. I think it can happen. For you, what's your kind of over-under rushing number for Mills? You know, gosh, it, it's it's a. I mean, I, this is a game where he can go off. You know, he should be decently fresh. Hasn't played a ton this year. Obviously, he's, he he was banged up a little bit coming out of the Penn State game. You know, I would say again, getting him over 100 yards is is should be attainable. I think. You know, Nebraska total as a team. I think you might you might see. I could see. You know, them getting a 250. You know, total with some QB run game in there and. And who you know, just maybe some protections that break down, and, and Adrian's or whoever, maybe Luke's in there is able to scramble and, and pick up some yards. So I think they're able to do that. It's just gonna be interesting to see how the weather plays. You know, 11 a.m. kick. You know, are they gonna try to throw it, or are they gonna try to establish a run, and then see how then is Minnesota gonna load up the box, and then boom, we're gonna switch it, we're gonna try to stretch the field and get behind you a little bit. So it's gonna be interesting seeing the game plan, but you know, you see if Nebraska goes tempo at all in this game. Didn't see it a ton against Purdue, but I, I you know. The defense is playing well, so maybe they do go tempo. But I any worry about Nebraska's defensive front holding up against the Minnesota rush? No, I don't no. think so. I mean, it, I mean, after we've seen them against Iowa, you know, it's one of the best running teams in the Big Ten. I'm, I feel pretty confident they they can hold up against Ibrahim if in whoever it is playing. We still don't know who's yeah. going to play for for Minnesota. Elijah, your thought here? What's a over under rushing number for Mills at Nebraska total for a win? Well, for Mills, I'm looking in that four and a half to five yards per carry tomorrow. Mm. Uh, that would be awesome to get. So that's 15 carries, 80 yards, somewhere in that range, 20 for 100. Uh, those would both hit that total. Um, as a team, I'm with Jay. Uh, 250 yards seems attainable uh, once you uh, once you get the quarterbacks in that run game, maybe some uh, some wide receivers as well and some jet sweeps. Uh, and I like that. 250 yards rushing should be a number that the Huskers should be looking to hit tomorrow. All right, that is Elijah Herbal. This is Jay Moore, Chris Schmidt. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday. The Mercado, God love you, Mercado, for having us out here. Certified Piedmontese, the official beef of Nebraska football. Uh, get out here. They're open every day, 10 to 7. Pick up that Christmas roast. Just get yourself a steak. Find uh, uh, that beautiful uh, roast for uh, pot roast Sunday. And I'm going to scamper out of here with some... Uh, brisket and burnt ends to just get fat and happy on on a Friday, man. Uh All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, weekend edition at 7 a.m. Bird, good to see you. you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Elijah. Back at you tomorrow morning on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.